When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Off and running, here we go. Off the hook, sports is now. Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Here we go. Welcome to the weekend with Caleb Calhoun. I am Dave Hooker and a big show on tap. There's already a bit of a sex scandal at Auburn. It doesn't involve Hugh Freeze. He's back <laughs> forward. Let's hope not for his sake. Also, Nico and Joe have the biggest arms in the land, according to one website. Wait till you see where Joe ranks. And talking about Joe Milton, the third Esquire senior. And then also we'll see where Nico ranks as well. Lava. And we'll have four downs coming up. We'll break down arm strength, best arm strength of all time. And that uh, Auburn sex scandal that we talked about. Fred White will join us. It's a football Friday with Fred, the former Tennessee safety. And I had a chance to visit with Jeff Coleman, who was actually the guy, Caleb, who said to Billy Ratliff, I can't go anymore. I'm locking up in the Arkansas game. So Billy Ratliff ran in there for Jeff Coleman. Otherwise, it would have been Jeff Coleman. I think it says something about the fact that they were willing to tap out. They weren't selfish to be out there on the field. And it says something about Tennessee's depth. So that's in there in our Celebrate 98 series. Click the like button. Subscribe if you haven't already. And how are you, Caleb Calhoun? I'm doing good. Happy Friday, Dave. Yes, it is. Ready for the weekend. Uh, Do I have big plans? No, but I got decent plans. Uh, hopefully the Celtics won't continue to disappoint me, uh, but we'll find out. Doesn't just- matter. The winner of the Eastern Conference Finals is losing to the winner of the Western Conference Finals, which is going to be the Nuggets. Okay, I, I, you know I can mute your mic from my end. You know that <laughs> you know that Jamal Murray is going to work Jason Tatum, and Celtics got nobody that can handle Jokic down low. You know what I hate though about the the series is they're just it's not a good matchup for Grant Williams, the former Vol. And they have some teams that he'll play like a good 20 minutes. They'll have other teams that he barely steps on the field. Um, so I, 
I don't know if it's the Nuggets or the Lakers well, the problem, that they were to get there. If, yeah, if the he problem with Grant be on there like, or not. But. You appreciate Grant's style of play, but he like those stretch fours he has a little bit of hard time hard time with because he's just not that quick or athletic, you know, and there's just not much you can do about that. Yep. Very true. So here we go. Uh Joe Milton has a strong arm. This just in. What do you think about good morning to the message board? Joe Milton has a strong arm. And by the way, thank you, Travis, for creating a T-shirt that had me on it uh, with my head over Joe Milton's uh, a shirt, a Joe Milton shirt with a bazooka. So Bazooka Joe has a strong arm, and I've never seen this done before, but I guess I've now seen a little bit of everything. You have a ranking of 247 with the strongest arms, the biggest arms, and I'm not surprised that Joe Milton is on the top of the list. Joe Milton, number one. I've seen a lot of guys who can flick a football with uh, just their wrist and uh, not really worry about where their feet are placed. And he is right up there at the top in terms of pure arm strength. And it does remind me a little bit of, of T. Martin, the way he threw just a beautiful ball throws. Sometimes a better spiral, and I'm not going to say a better deep ball, but a more consistent spiral than even Hendon Hooker did. So Joe's number one. After the pub he got in the Orange Bowl, I'm not surprised. He could have been overlooked, perhaps, had he not got that sort of pub. But he actually got a lot of pub at SEC Media Days last year, talking about his arm strength and his size and his ability. So I'm not surprised. I would have been surprised had he not been number one on the biggest arm by 24-7 sports. Yeah, I agree. I think... Joe being number one is something we all expected. I think the shock was that Nico was number nine. You know, a true freshman like Nico being on in the top 11 biggest arms. That means Tennessee's got two quarterbacks with gigantic arms in the system. And this is something you've told me about before, Dave, right? It seems like Josh Heupel is really targeting quarterbacks with huge arms. Isn't he? Isn't that kind of the method he's going for? I think that a uh, quick release um, ability to process quickly is the key. And I think that's what he's looking for. Um, I was surprised Nico was on there too. Not that he shouldn't be, but in all honesty, did 24-7 sports or anybody for that matter really break down every second string quarterback in the nation to determine who had the, <laughs> the strongest arm on the second team? I think they spent more time paying attention to Nico than you do your typical second string quarterback. I think Nico and Arch Manning, you spend a lot of time studying this is one of those again this is like i've talked about those those two types of quarterbacks are even if they're not going to start it's like it's like with when tim tebow was at florida in 2006 he wasn't the starter but he got a lot of press because everybody knew what tim tebow like you talked about that was the lebron james of sec recruits tim tebow yes a tease towards the auburn sex scandal on the message board uh jim bump says how big are their ankles because that was Hugh Freeze's big thing. That was the first thing he would do. And I mentioned that before in recruiting. He'd look at their ankles. He'd say, oh, what, what kind of ankles you got? Uh, and uh, I got I to gotta be somewhere at nine. It's oh, the Hilton downtown. Oh, I got to meet Destiny. And by Destiny, I don't mean my future. I mean, that's her name. All right, so that's enough you freeze for a moment. Let's get to Four Downs right now, and it's brought to you by Craft Treats. Four Downs brings you the our thoughts on uh, Joe Milton and some strong-arm quarterbacks of all time. So here we go. Four Downs brought to you by CraftTreats.com. CraftTreats.com. Take care of your bet. How about that? 
Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Talking arm strength. Four downs brought to you by Crash Treats. Crashtreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. The promo code off the hook. Get 20% off. They've got CBD infused pet treats that'll make your pet feel better. And that could be from anxiety. That could be arthritis. Or that could be digestive issues. Can I tell a quick story if you don't mind? My poor pet went to the dentist and we had to really chop up his craft treats because guess how guess how many teeth he had taken out? How many? I'll put the over under at six and a half. I'll go over. It is way over. It's 11. So there oh, we go. Poor guy. I know. He didn't want to eat or do anything. Poor dude. All right. Four downs. Do you think this is first down? Do you think Joe Milton gets sick of hearing how strong his arm is? Not anymore. I think he might have, but given what happened with Anthony, Anthony Richardson, which you pointed out, I think Joe Milton is like, I love hearing this because this is what NFL scouts are valuing. It propelled a very mediocre quarterback last year into a top five NFL draft pick. True. I do think he would like to hear, boy, a big arm and accurate and a great leader. So I think he'd like to hear that by midseason. If we're still hearing, oh, he's got that strong arm, and that's the first thing out of your mouth when you talk about Joe Milton, then I don't think he's really happy with that. Second down, best strong arm quarterback of all time. Now, I'm not saying the biggest arm, which we might say Ryan Leaf would be one of those, but he also has to be a good quarterback. Best strong arm quarterback of all time, second down. You know, it's easy. I thought you'd get this one in a heartbeat. I mean, do we say Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's got a strong arm. I think if in their prime that John Elway would embarrass Aaron Rodgers in arm strength. Now, Aaron Rodgers would embarrass John Elway in the ability to throw from different angles. John Elway is the best strong arm quarterback that I've Okay, ever but see, that's the thing. Like, what's the threshold for strong arm and who's in that list? Because, like, then, like, here's another one. Who And what qualifies a strong arm? John Elway could probably throw it further. Brett Favre threw it faster. Brett Favre could throw a ball through your through your mm. hands. There you go. Okay, now the discussion started. I and, like and that. And Brett Favre can also strong arm Mississippi to give him welfare money. Okay, sorry. Sorry. That's true. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and give us your thoughts on the message board. I'll give you another one that doesn't get credit, and it's it was a brief period in his time. If you remember at the end of the Super Bowl – when the Patriots were undefeated, Tom Brady uncorked one from his own five or 10 that went to like the other 15. It was like 70 to 75 yards in the air. Now, I'm not saying he's a strong arm quarterback, but I think he wasn't asked to make a lot of those throws and probably overlooked. But Brett Favre, it's Brett Favre or John Elway, right? Yeah, it's Brett Favre or John. You're right, because Aaron Rodgers is just more accurate. I would say with the ball, but you're right. Brett Favre, John Elway are stronger, have stronger arms. It's funny with, uh, I learned this with deflate gate with speaking of Tom Brady, you know, you're a strong arm quarterback when, so Tom Brady wanted the balls deflated a little bit below regulation. Well, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre and John Elway all liked it a little bit inflated above regulation. And the reason is, is if you, is if you got a strong arm, you want more air in the ball because then when you throw it, you can, it'll go further. It won't be as affected by the wind. Third down. Worst strong arm quarterback of all time. Jamarcus Russell. 
That's <laughs> exactly right. Winner, like, winner, chicken dinner. Was the question, close. Uh, what was, was it Stephen A said? One time, I'll never forget Stephen A railing on Jamarcus Russell when Jamarcus Russell wanted a second chance. And he was like, this dude took $40 million on his first chance and spent it on a bunch of donuts. <laughs> and scissor. Yes. He was a big fan of the purple scissor, I was 36 told. UGK to 1999, sipping on some scissor. Sip, sipping on some <laughs> I don't know what that means. But Jamarcus Russell is definitely the worst strong-arm quarterback of all time out of uh, LSU. Fourth down, what adjective would Joe Milton most like to be known as at the end of the season? He doesn't want to be known as strong-arm. He doesn't want to be known as project like Anthony Richardson. He wants to be known as fill-in-the-blank. Leader. Leader's good. I think he's already a leader from talking to Cooper and Jacob on a regular basis. Oh, so you're basis. saying what's a new adjective? That you yeah, think? new, new. Hmm. Unstoppable. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with complete. Com- okay. He's a complete quarterback. I think if you're complete then you've shown the ability to take some heat off of it. You've shown the ability to lead, which I think he can, but ultimately that'll be determined by wins and losses. I think he is a leader, but that would be proven as well. I think he runs a little bit stiff. I I think Hendon Hooker did the same thing in this offense early last year because of uncertainty. I think he wants to address that as well. So I will go complete. That would be my word. Uh, D says the real deal. Travis says champion. Well, there's no better one than that. Uh, D says, good morning, fellas. Have you released the Sean Ellis segment yet? Love the Celebrate 98 series. Thank you, sir. Tell a friend. Sean Ellis, we're supposed to record today, as a matter of fact. And then we've got the Travis's, Travis Stevens and Travis Henry lined up for, I believe, 10 days from now. And also, we um, we have Steve Johnson, who is a College of Communications Uh, graduate at the University of Tennessee. He and I had class together, and he gave me the one hug. Actually, I think that two people, two athletes have hugged me in my life. Tim Tebow at SEC Media Days, but he hugged everybody, so it wasn't anything special. And then Steve Johnson, who hugged me after the Florida game, um, and he was all sweaty. So I had to cover the game and post-game press conference in, uh, in game sweat. Oh, Which gosh. I'm not used to. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not used to it all. All right, let's talk about this uh, sex scandal going on uh, at Auburn. Um, tell me what happened, and then I'm going to ask a question of you, Caleb, because you're from a slightly younger generation, and you kids do thing with your do do things with your cell phones that I would have never dreamed of. And no, um, most of us are smart enough to not do this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he he is um, what, what he's um, what's the word for it? having relations? How would you like to say that? Yes, and I'm pulling this right now, and there's other stories, but I'm pulling this from Nick Schultz of On Three. This is reporting I'm getting from Nick Schultz of On Three. But Auburn running back Jarquez Hunter, who is actually a good running back, he had over he had nearly 900 yards from scrimmage and nine touchdowns last year. So we're not talking about just some random guy. No, he's very good. He was allegedly in a video that made its way around social media 
What, what was he doing in the video? Of him allegedly engaging in sexual activity. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. All right. Oh is, this, is this at all a problem, seriously? I mean, for <laughs> Auburn, do you really even care? Not when Hugh Freeze is your head coach, but but it no. Let's be. say let's say that Hugh Freeze is completely redeemed himself, and he's a morally strong individual. Oh my gosh, this is the only Southerners. Well, no, let's just say, let's say that for the sake of the discussion. I'm not saying he is. Yes. I don't think he's calling destiny anymore. Hey now, they, they, they always. I thought Mike Price was the one who who had destiny. I mean, I guarantee you with the amount that Hugh Freeze had, at least one was named Destiny. Do you want me to go with Cinnamon? Would that make you more comfortable? <laughs> no, my real question is if they were... Coming to the stage. Okay, How good would I be, seriously? I'm not bragging, but with my voice, if I if I decided to be a uh, an adult nightclub announcer, if I... Now, come into the stage. It's Destiny. Give it up. Get your singles ready. <laughs> destiny, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, but seriously, is this a problem for Auburn? Do you think? I think it depends on the nature of the story. We don't know the full story yet. Yet, somebody hey, you already taking this way too seriously. So, no, no, here's the thing. Okay, if one of his <laughs> friends put it out, like if he was in engaged with her, and then one of his friends put it out, and he didn't know. Or engage with him. We, I mean, we really don't know the subject he was engaged with. Let's just put that out there. But like, whoever he was engaged in these activities with, allegedly, if one of his friends put it out and he didn't know, that's something to deal with them. It's not of a problem. It's not a problem. If he put it out, and the person that he was engaged in activities with did not know he put it out, yes, that is a huge problem. There are revenge porn laws going up all across the country now. Kind of have, have you have to get it around the First Amendment to a certain degree, but there is kind of like this need to know clause, invasion of privacy. I mean, it, we just talked about the Hogan case yesterday. Well, I and... didn't think of I didn't think of it as revenge porn, but if it's just him sending out a picture of an act he's proud of doing, hey now, but against the, against the consent of the other party. One, what if the other party didn't know that it were being recorded? Now, we don't know about the legality of, of recording people when they don't know it. Okay, but let me, ask, let me ask you this. It, let's say it is consent, for the sake of this argument, for one second. That they consented to being recorded, okay. Okay, and consent to send it out. Let's say they're starting, what's it called, only... Only fans? Oh, only fans. Yeah, then there's no scandal. Okay, but could a player theoretically start an OnlyFans account, male okay, or I'm, female? And I'm would that bring in a bunch of females? For... Well, no, male or female, would that be a problem with a school or the NCAA? Because they can earn a little bit of cash, and maybe they could get it endorsed by I don't know. I think there's a place called the Love Shack on Alcoa Highway. I mean, I will. I don't have a problem with it. That's up to the school. I would say if Auburn does anything to Jarquez Hunter, they are hypocrites. You know, we're Auburn and we're family values, even though our head coaches are Bruce Pearl and Hugh Freeze. And you know, it's. I'm just at that point. They might as well just bring. I mean, <laughs> Travis says if you freeze, film the scandal. Now, if filmed it. Now that's a scandal. Hey now, if he's given a little bit of direction. Hey, I think we need need to use the tight end a little more. Hey now. <laughs> How about that? I'm worried about your 
uh, your center quarterback exchange. Hey now, Hugh, well, I Hugh Freeze is probably looking for a few more sacks this year. From <laughs> oh, hey now, there you go. I'm <laughs> lagging. Look, look. The only time it, that's the only way it's a scandal. But I will say, I think the big thing is this for Hugh Freeze's first scandal at Auburn to be a sex scandal. All Hugh Freeze has to do is coach Darquest Hunter up. Darquest Hunter will go on TV and be like, I'm a reformed Christian who has found Jesus Christ. And somehow in college football, that's all you have to say. And you can get away with whatever you want. As we learned from Florida, all Florida had to say was we have a quarterback who likes Jesus. So it's okay that we have murderers and, you know, laptop stealers and people calling people the N word and people threatening to kill their girlfriends, but it's okay because they love Jesus. Coach, what do we do now? How about an end around? Hey now. Yeah. I could just absolutely keep going all day on this. Um, I hope it's just that. But in reality, you hope it's no. Uh, in reality, that would it be a problem if it's if it's completely complicit by both parties? No, I wouldn't have a problem with it then. At would all. a university have a problem? Would the Auburn SEC have no leg to stand on to have this problem? Okay, but any school with UT, if Hendon Hooker lived up to his last name like he and I shared, hey now, would it be a problem? I don't want to see it. I don't, and I won't click on it. But if he decides that's a way to make some extra cash, go roll with it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on all this. I don't think the university should do anything at that point. I mean, heck, we're already – let's think about this with football for a minute. We are already talking about – like, sports is already something that, like, rewards players for their bodies, if you think about it. You know, they're, 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 it does. It rewards you for your physical abilities. We're watching as football fans. We're enjoying what players can do with their bodies and their physical abilities. If Hooker – if Hinden Hooker wants to take that another step, or Jarquez Hunter wants to take that another step and use his physical abilities another way. Potential names of OnlyFans accounts based off Tennessee players. Look, a squirrel. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. A squirrel. Wait. No, don't. <laughs> don't go too far. There is a line. We just don't know where it is. <laughs> what is YouTube going to demonetize us? No, we're doing, doing a great job here. We haven't gone too far. Remember like, the SEC button. media days yes. where Tim Tebow was asked if he was saving himself and he said he was? Uh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, I think it. No, actually it was. I think he hugged me. Yeah, yeah, he hugged me right after that. It was a really awkward. It was in the radio room instead of the press conference room, which is like a smaller room. You'll see in July. We'll be so he said he's saving now. himself and then he comes and hugs you. For me, that's what he's hey now. saving himself for. <laughs> I'm joking. Fred White up next. I think a lot of Tim Tebow. Uh, we'll move on. Look, a squirrel, I think, is a good one. Um, I feel like there's a uh, Joe Milton one out there or something. But we'll, we'll see what Fred White says. <laughs> but the kids nowadays, they use their they use their their phones and they're to send out pictures and and stuff. Should I think I this is more than a ever- picture. I think this was a video. Okay, whatever it is, should I ask you if you've done that before? Or should I just let it go? I've never done that. I can honestly tell you I have never, ever, ever done that. Yeah. Okay, good. The question becomes, okay, now I'm just like, 
I've always wondered how people can engage in these activities and keep a steady phone and film. Okay, that's just that's my thought on it. That's why Hugh has to be there. Hey now, <laughs> that's that's some good hand-eye coordination. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Bill, be real honest. Have you watched the video? No, I have not watched the video. Good. It, this is all allegedly. So, and when I ask you if you've done something like that, you should put it back on me and ask me back. Well, you went to the Playboy Mansion, so I just assume. Nice. All right, back in two minutes. That's a long, long time ago. Fred White, Football Friday with Fred. Up next, he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Booker. And Craving Wings South North Shore location where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quien es este? El número 87, Jacob Warren. I'll just do six for my sauce 87, please. Imposible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at these wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craving Wings and get you seis más. But what was funny about Cadiz, we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program. But it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am. And now i got to do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadiz today. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Welcome back. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. It's a pretty cool night last night. <clears throat> uh, with the one, the only, <clears throat> excuse me. Fred White had a chance at our next, uh, our latest episode that dropped last night on the Celebrate 98 series to visit with Jeff Coleman. And that was pretty awesome. And they had so many big names on that defensive line. I think sometimes he kind of gets maybe a little bit lost in the shuffle. But you talk about consistency on the defensive line. He was that. And he was also the first to kind of put his arm around Fred, who joins us now. And Fred was in his dorm room as a freshman, admittedly homesick with the lights out. And then what happened next? You know, 
he came in and, and basically told me, hey, man, you got you to gotta get out of this room. Go, Turn man. some lights on in here, man. So you, I know you might be homesick. Hey, man, come out here and play some space with us. And I was sitting there thinking, like, I didn't know anybody else played space. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, I, white people play spades, too, but it's called Rook. It's the same game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only difference. When I played spades the first time, I was like 18 or 19. I was like, hey, guys, we're all just playing Rook with a regular set of cards. Have you ever played Rook? I've never played Rook. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the exact same thing. It's like backgammon and sorry are basically the same game. See, I don't uh, like partners, so I can't play space. You like partners? Do you? I have don't partners? like partners. I don't like having partners. Oh, <laughs> no. okay. So that yeah. means you don't like to work with people. That's what it is. Like. Yes, exactly, Fred. I don't want to be the one responsible for us losing. Oh man, so so that means you you much rather run an individual event on the track meet instead of being on a relay. I yes, got it. exactly. <laughs> Speaking of a uh, group event, uh, one of one of Auburn's players shot out a video of him having relations with a young lady, and I'm just curious. <laughs> he did what? Yeah, yeah, and. Can we tell Fred the full story? Yeah, tell Fred the full story. It's pretty salacious, and I love it on a Friday. Oh, hey, my Fred, goodness. Auburn's already released a statement that they're investigating, but there is a video of Jarquez Hunter allegedly engaging in activities with somebody, sexual activities hey with somebody. <laughs> and, and it's gotten out. Now, we don't know who shot the video, but it could be a big deal if he shot the video and the person that he was – engaged in activities with did not know he shot the video and then he put it out against their wishes hey man i think that's called uh revenge porn no that's called rape ain't it <laughs> well it sounds like she consented to the sex yeah she well, consented to the, the sex yeah. i want to be fair she, she consented to a video yeah 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 but you don't send it out obviously. hey man in the in the words of, uh, of the movie friday in the words of Smokey from Friday. How in the hell you get fired on your day off? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I mean, uh, come on now. If if there is in some case that she didn't consent to it, then I do I do feel bad for her. So we'll get serious for a moment. But I'm curious with social media and phones and everything, you're my age. So I just started, I think I got my first phone like 95, 96. I don't know when you got your first phone, but have you ever thought to yourself how different it would have been as a player having a good time with your your teammates with social media? I mean, that's that's tricky. I don't like people recording me. I don't even like taking pictures. I don't either. So I wouldn't want nobody filming and recording around me. And if you came to my house, I'd probably make you put your phone in the <laughs> in a bowl or something I mean, like, we're not going there i'm not doing this Mm-mm. So, yeah. so, instead of putting the keys in the bowl the phone in the bowl i'm sorry yeah <laughs> that's right i got somebody's phone so fred do you okay do you think this would be so in all seriousness do you think this would be something that you guys the type of thing that you guys would have police like payments because everybody thought that every player was getting under the table 
cash. And you've told me, and I believe you both on and off the record, that that just didn't happen. You guys didn't want to get in trouble and let the team down. Would you guys have been able to police this as well, do you think? I think we would have. I mean, we policed everything else. We made a rule that if you go out and talk about yourself in the media, you're going to have to see us in the locker room. And that was our team rule. So no one talked about themselves. They always praised their teammates um, and, you know, whoever helped them get to wherever they're going. But, however, this is a different age. This is, you know, this is different. I don't know what it would have been like. Um, I can say what we would have done, but we didn't have it to actually – live it for ourselves as a reality. So I can't tell you what I wouldn't have done either. I can tell you a lot of things I thought I wouldn't have done if I, you know, when I didn't have money. And then all of a sudden I got a little bit of money and realized, oh, wait a minute. I didn't realize this was that good. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a few things that you would do different. You know what I mean? Um, it's just a sign of the times. But I think one thing that we did have that they don't they don't have is the fact that we didn't actually – we thought about things differently than what these guys do. They're raised different. They came in with the – and they were born with internet. They knew how to use the internet before they were five. I mean, we kind of – the internet kind of started for us at, at 18, really. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's a different mentality, different thought process. I mean, we came in with MySpace. <laughs> you look at Facebook now. I mean, some of the things we didn't even do have those things on MySpace. You know what I mean? We didn't put um, we didn't put anybody in our in our videos or you know post all these pictures and all that type of stuff either. So I don't think we would have done that either. Right, go back to something you said earlier. The players all amongst themselves said, don't go out and talk about yourself. Cause I've always thought that that came from coaches, but in the players actually told each other, don't talk about yourself. No, we had our team meeting. We talked about this and how coach Fulmer said we were going to be an eight and four team. Myself and Jeff talked about that last night. Um, and when we kicked the coaches out of that meeting room that day, that was part of our rules. You do your job first and then you help. And then if we catch you talking about yourself, it's it, it, it's not going to be good for you when you get back to the locker room. You get the respect and the love to your teammates, the people who helped you get there. And it was, I think it was more so that way because for three years, all the media was dominated by one person. And nothing against him. He deserved every last piece of that. Um, you know, that love and respect that he got from the media and fans and all those type of things. But we felt like we were being disrespected. So our thought process was... Talking hmm. about Peyton, right? Yeah. Talk okay. about, I mean, he was he was the number one pick in the draft. I mean, he, and rightfully so, everyone talked about him. He was the guy who everyone, you know, whenever you talked about Tennessee, Peyton Manning and Tennessee. So it just kind of gave us that thought process. You know, we don't have any superstars right now. And that's how everybody kind of looked at it. They thought... All of our superstars are left. Well, we were a number two, number three recruiting class as well. So we knew we had something to give and something to show our fan base and something to go out and work for, which is one of the reasons I think we actually won the championship because we had a whole lot to prove. We just got beat by Nebraska pretty bad with the senior group that all left and the number one player in the draft. And then we come back the next year and everyone's telling us we're, <laughs> we're not good. I mean, 
I don't know what you expect from guys who are who are competitive as hell and want to win. So, yeah, and I wonder if that. So you guys all say it to a man. You 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 say no disrespect to Peyton, but you felt a little bit disrespected in that you guys were just supposed to fall off the map. And for those that haven't checked out the Celebrate ninety eight series, we've heard it a couple of times that Philip Fulmer said this is a seven to five or eight and four team somewhere in there. So. Fred, as as far as uh, T and all and all those guys, you're you're motivated to show that you're an elite team without Peyton Manning, but it's still the respect factor you had for Peyton Manning that I think is so strong. In what what comes across that that to me was has been significant throughout the Celebrate '98, and then even talking to you about the team five years ago. Yeah, and, and I, I look at it like this with Peyton. There was a question that was asked about how, you know, did he have any part in us? Yeah, he did. I don't know if I come to Tennessee if Peyton Manning is not the quarterback here. I think it made Peyton, Tennessee look better because Peyton Manning was here. Not just to myself, but to a lot of guys. That's that's Archie Manning's son. You know what he can do. We've seen videos of him and stuff like that, so you already knew he was going to be a really good football player. And he started as a freshman. So I think a lot of guys in our class kind of felt that, okay, we got a quarterback. We have an opportunity to win a national championship just because we got that guy. And then you have the number one recruiting class on top of it with receivers and linemen and those type of things. I think going against Peyton every day in practice prepares you in a different way when you're in the secondary because he can make all the throws. He can read defenses. He can tell you what you're in and try to beat you at it. So – those things made us better because we went against the best player in the, in the in college football, the guy who was the number one player picked in the draft. We went against him every day in practice. So when we went to games, we knew there wasn't anybody on the other team better than our quarterback, first of all. So we, if we can rattle him in practice, we can rattle any quarterback. Let me let me ask you this. I know Caleb wants to jump in here. Uh, the visit with Fred today is brought to you by Andy Mason Real Estate.com. Andy Mason Real Estate.com. Over 40 years of experience in real estate save you thousands. I'm talking thousands, if not tens of thousands. Andy Mason Real Estate.com. He's my realtor. He should be yours. Best prices, best service in the biz. So you think Joe Milton has a little bit of that kind of chip on good chip on his shoulder that maybe you guys had to prove that, hey, I can be as good as Hendon Hooker. I can go out there and win as many games as Hendon Hooker. I think he, I think if you any kind of competitor, you have to show that. If you don't have that in you, I don't know if I want you on my team. I mean, I, and I, I don't, not, not saying that, okay, well, I got a beef with Hendon or, you know, no. When Tory Noel was a safety and him and uh, um, Ray Austin, those guys, when they left, Myself and Deion Grant were like, we go out. <laughs> you, the job is always lead the position in better shape than what you came into it with, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to teach the guy behind you how to play the game. Teach the guy what the rules are, how to play it, and how you need to play it. And by all stretch of imagination, if, you, if you're playing bad in a game on TV on Saturday and these guys are playing on Sundays, when you get back to your dorm room on Saturday night or Sunday morning, I guarantee you get a phone call or a voicemail and tell they're telling you about yourself, how bad you played. So we did that. That was like a, you know, you're still getting two blitz from guys who are not even on your team anymore. They're in the NFL. So you, you got you got a right to go out there and show what you can do and show how good you are. 
What do you hear about Joe Milton as a leader? You're you're around this team and talk to these guys a lot through various channels. What do you what do you hear about Joe Milton as a leader and as a player, as a competitor? I'll tell you one thing, there's not one person on the team that don't respect them. Wow. That's the thing. I think not, I haven't heard one that say they didn't respect him. I, and every last one, when you bring up Joe Milton's name, it's you can see the respect on their faces and how they talk about him. So I think he's that guy that everybody will play for. You, there was a few years ago, back in the day, uh, 2007, 65, somewhere around five, seven, maybe. I can't remember. We had uh, Eric Ames was a quarterback, and then you also had um, one of the Clausens. I think it was Rick Clausen. Rick. Rick. All That's the guys it. on the team had respect for Rick. Ains had probably the better upside because he was a freshman, uh, very or very young sophomore, I want to say. But that the team saw this guy as their leader. Sometimes it works that way. You got to also look at um, Texas had the same thing with uh, Major Applewhite and. Um, Phil Samson. Yeah. So you, you've seen those things happen on, a, on on more than one occasion. You look at Peyton Manning when he came in, that was Brandon Stewart. He actually played before Peyton. But you know, when you're the starter and you have something to prove, it's your job to stay on the mound. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you come off that mound for any reason, it's out of your hands whether or not you can, you know, whether you're the starter or not at that point. You know what I mean? Like, you got to go out there and perform and do what you got to do best. I remember Kelly Bryan at Clemson playing against Georgia Tech, and he had the number one – he had this guy, the number one quarterback in the country, Trevor Trevor Lawrence, behind him. And I'll never forget, to play against Georgia Tech, Kelly Bryan throws four interceptions in the first half. They just put the freshman in to see what he was going to do, and he throws four touchdown passes to make them win the game. So if you're a senior and you got something to prove – keep your hat on and stay on the mound. Plain and simple. Do your job. Don't try to do more than what you can do. Do exactly what you need to do to help your team win. Fred, looking back on that 98 team, one of the reasons I felt like you guys were so disrespected, which kind of threw me off too, and I've always said that I feel like some of the – it seems like people would cover recruiting back then and then forget about the recruiting classes they covered a year later, because we know about y'all's class, the 95 class, you guys, that's the most successful class in Tennessee history. But the 97 class was probably like on paper, the most loaded like I had ever seen. And Mm -hmm. how, how much did those guys, how much of an impact did it have those guys having a year of experience under them, under their belt for the 98 team? Deion Grant obviously is one of those guys, but how much of an impact did that have just them having one more year of experience that that some of those classes that we had, could have went to other schools and played immediately. I mean, the 94 class, the 95 class, 96, 97 class, they could have went to other schools and played immediately, right? right. So I think that I always say this, you don't win a national championship in 1998 without the group that came in in 19, without the group that was 95 seniors. That, that group of 95, that team, that 95 team built something and they learned it from other guys ahead of them. And they kind of showed us how to win how to work hard, how to be professional about your, about your, what you do at work, you know, every day. They were trying to win a championship. That, that group of offensive linemen that were all seniors, they wanted to win. 
And that was the only thing on their mind was winning and don't get in our way if you try to, if you're not trying to do so. That set the standard for what it was like to be at UT. That set the standard for me to say, okay, give it everything you have. You go out here and you work hard every day. And if you want to play, you got to beat somebody out. And that was how we thought about it. But coming into 98, we realized that these young guys can play a big role. And I think them seeing how hard that 97 team worked helped them as freshmen to see what it was like to be in 1998. When, when you're winning, man, winning is contagious. It's not, you know, you want to keep winning. That's not something that you – we never walked on the football field. I never walked on the football field and thought I was going to lose ever. So that was just my mentality, but I think most of our team came from that same – or cut from that same cloth. Click that like button. Helps us bring more people in. We appreciate that. Punch the thumbs up button. Uh, Football Friday with Fred each and every Friday. VFL Fred White on the program each and every Friday. And Fred, how quickly does a team determine who its leaders are? I don't think it's a team that – I don't think you just determine who your leaders are. They just kind of happen. Okay. How how does that happen? I mean, how did you know – that Al Wilson was a great leader or was going to be a great leader. At what point did that happen? For me, it still happened at Auburn game, but okay, he was my roommate my freshman year. So we talked to each other every day about all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? And by the time we got to the point of being in the SEC championship against Auburn, yeah, we already saw what kind of leadership skills, you know, a lot of the guys had. It was just one of those things where, okay, he just showed up in a different way. You walk the game, but you talk, you talk the game, but you walk the game too. You saw how hard he worked every day. Leading by example was kind of the first part of it, but pushing you through drills and those type of things is the second part of it. But then also being a leader when you're off the football field and stopping guys from doing dumb stuff or taking up for somebody when they needed you to take up for them or whatever it may be. Hey man, we're not going out tonight. When we catch anybody out tonight, it's going to be a problem. Hey, man, everybody respected each other. We respected, you know, all right, let's do this. We're going to do it this way. But every group had their own leaders. He was just the the biggest leader of the group. So I want to get back to Joe Milton for a second because you said everybody respects him, and I've heard the very same thing. I've also heard that he's a a little bit more – outgoing and maybe jovial is not the right word, whereas Hendon Hooker was more serious. Can can you be a leader in, in more than one capacity? I mean, could he be the outgoing fun guy and still say, hey, do your job? Yeah. Peyton Manning was too. Really? He hung out with us. But, I mean, was he a fun guy? I mean, I, people tell me about his sense of humor, but. The guy that you see on TV every Sunday or during the football season or anytime he's doing an event, that's the guy we saw every day. He's the guy we saw every day. So, yeah, did he work hard? Absolutely. He worked harder than any other quarterback I've ever seen, most players I've ever seen. Um, but when he hung out with us, we got our teammate. We got the guy you guys just – you're just getting introduced to. We saw him every day as a 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kid. We saw him every day like that. So was he a fun guy? Absolutely. You go hang out with Peyton, I guarantee you have a good time. Just like us. You know, 
country and cracking jokes and, you know, they'll drink a couple beers every now. I mean, we all did stuff like that. We were college students. So, I mean, yeah, did he have a good time? Absolutely he had a good time. I enjoyed hanging out with Peyton and all my teammates. Were you ever a victim, Fred, of one of Peyton Manning's infamous pranks that he likes to pull on his teammates? <laughs> yeah, put shaving cream in my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> did he really? Yeah, like, listen, man, if, if, if you catch an intercept, if you intercept the ball from Peyton in practice, he is gunning for you the rest of practice and the next day till he gets you, right? He's going to get you because, you know, if you get an interception of Peyton, you got to talk trash. You got to talk trash. He paid money. Talk trash to him, and you celebrate and everything. And it's gonna piss him off. You want to say he's he gonna be mad, but the next day, man, you always better check your equipment. You might have water in your helmet. You might have shaving cream in your shoes. You might be missing your gloves. Something, anything. It could might have one sock. That's serious, bro. I mean, like, but that was that was just in fun. And as soon as you were missing something, you just kind of had to know. What did I do yesterday? Did I, I picked out Peyton? You just you do this and look down the highway. I see you, brother. I know you did it. And he looking to see if he peeping over there to see if you did, you know, notice it. But it was all in fun. That that was the one thing about our team. We didn't get upset or angry. Even if we had a fight on the football field, we got to the locker room, man. It was over. And there was a, there were a few fights that <laughs> weren't over. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that weren't over, but they were amazing. <laughs> Hilarious. But um, what's most the, of the fights. What's the funniest fight you ever saw? In oh practice? my God, man. I, I both of these guys are no longer with us, man. Rest in peace. And I, I, I really want to say that man, Gentry Wright and um Jeremy Shadrick. Hey, man, that is the funniest fight I think I've ever seen in my life. Funniest. What made it so funny? <laughs> you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Shadrick came in with my class. He's about 6'3", probably about 300, 320, somewhere around there. And then you got Gentry Wright, who was a, you know, he walked on to the football team from Memphis. And he's, Gentry's about 6'2", probably about 240, 250. Plays D tackle, D end, that type of stuff. But he was tough as nails. And one day, I guess he was he on he's on the practice squad and he's helping out and everything. And I don't know what Jeremy Shadrick did to him, but he didn't like it. And he's on the sideline just standing there filming. He's like, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. And then Bill Bill Duff says, Go get him. Go get him, Gentry. And he t- <laughs> he hauls ass on the football field <laughs> and runs straight at Jeremy Shadrick and he's swinging and fighting the Jeremy Shadrick and the whole defense jumps on Gentry. Because <laughs> 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 he messed up our practice. Like, hey, man, you got to wait till you come on the sideline or wait till you going up against him to do that fight. You can't be fighting in the middle of practice and you messing up our defense. Don't do that. But but the fight, then that fight carried on to a whole nother scrimmage the next day. Well, now, on a you, Saturday. now you shouldn't do that, should you? You should be done with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? You should be done with it. That's it. You're done with it. Well, they kept they kept it going throughout practice in the scrimmage that Saturday. And Gentry is waiting behind a pole, leaving the stadium, waiting for Jeremy to come. As soon as he sees Jeremy, he hauls off and he knocks him down. Bow. 
and it was funny, man. We, we talk about hilarious because we had to hold Jeremy Shadrick back from trying to kill that man. Wow, that sounds a, a lot like the Albert Hainsworth incident that I got to witness firsthand. That was pretty well, special. He, the, the, be, the better part of that is that he didn't pick up anything. He did it with his own hands. <laughs> okay, so top three guys on the 98 team 25 years later, top three guys at the time you wouldn't have wanted to fight. And I know Fred won't turn down a fight. But uh, it wasn't too many people I wouldn't fight, but there ain't too many people I'm just going to pick one with either. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, top three guys you wouldn't pick a fight with on the 98 team. Uh, number one, I wouldn't fight Al Wilson without a doubt. That man's golden gloves. I can fight now. He can too. I wouldn't want to even see how that turns out. I wouldn't. Because we both don't know how to quit. Yeah, that'd so be. that that'd be a ridiculous fight. I wouldn't want to do that. The other, the other person that I you talking about on the '98 team, and that's it. It could be somebody graduated '97. It's a Peyton, right? Uh, I don't get Peyton, <laughs> but Peyton didn't want it. He he didn't want it. I, but I wanted my scholarship too, so I couldn't fight Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> Although there was a time I wanted, to, I almost got into a Peyton. My little brother came up for summer, and he would always come up every summer. He was 13 years old. So I left to go to class. I leave my little brother with Peyton catching passes, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave and go to practice. Peyton, you got him. He was like, I got him. I come back in. I'm looking for my brother. And everybody's like, should I tell him where, he, where his brother is? Nobody wants to tell me where my brother is. I'm like, man, where is my brother? I'm running around the complex looking for my brother. And then somebody was like, Oh man, he he's in the training room. I said, okay, what are you doing in the training room? It was like, and everybody kind of just walked off and wouldn't say anything. And I'm thinking, I left my brother with Peyton. Where's my brother? Why is he in the training room? Training room is for people who are hurt. Let me go find out what the hell just happened to my brother. Oh no. So I get, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I get to the training room, and he has a big old thing of ice wrapped around his hand. And I'm trying to figure out, wait a minute. I left you with the quarterback, my quarterback. What, what happened to your finger? <laughs> he's trying his best to stop me. He's like, hey, no, no, no. I broke my finger. But and he's smiling from ear to ear. Pay man and broke my finger. He is smiling from ear to ear, and I am furious trying to figure out how am I going to tell my mama my brother came up here and he broke his finger? Ain't with me. Right? Oh, my gosh. Well. So so I went out to Peyton, and everybody kind of stopped me and grabbed me. Like, man, you broke my brother's finger. Like, man, it wasn't like that. My brother, was, he finally had to get me to the side and say, hey, man, no, I caught the ball wrong, and it just, you know. It wasn't, he wasn't throwing it too hard. or he said, I just caught the ball on tip, and it, it broke my finger. It was crazy, man. I couldn't believe it happened. But I, me and Peyton, I, every time I see Peyton, I always bring it up, too. Hey, man, you broke my brother's finger. This round is on you. <laughs> okay, so, so after Al, the other two guys you wouldn't want to fight? Sean Ellis. Oh, yeah. Sean Ellis is probably one I wouldn't want to fight. And... <laughs> And man, dude, out the '98 team, I'm gonna say Cozy Coleman, but there's one person that I played with that that I would never want to fight. Two of them actually that played on other teams, though. One is Shane Burton. 
He was on a 1995 team, 6'8", 300-and-some yep. pounds, Shane Burton. Yeah, yeah, that ain't that ain't a person you want to mess with. That ain't not nobody. I'm telling you, I don't care if you a trained assassin. That's not that's not one dude you want to fight. I promise you. That. <laughs> and then the other person is Bill Duff. Man, he, that's the human weapon. I, I would never want to fight Bill Duff. I want him on my side. I've been friends with Bill Duff ever since I knew he could do all that stuff. I mean, Hey man, we friends. We're gonna be friends till we die. <laughs> That's right. He's the yeah, one who he stopped like, Eddie George, wasn't he? On the one yard line. Was what's that? Wasn't Bill Duff the one who stopped Eddie George on yeah, the one yard line? Yeah, yeah. Bill Duff ain't no joke, man. Bill Duff, hey, he, he tough, tough as nails. Wow. Promise you. There's not one person you want to fight right there, buddy. Fred, if people need insurance, you got the Allstate, and they'll be in good hands. How do they get a hold of you? Well, you guys can give us a phone call at 770-381-0367. You can also look us up online and just Google my office, Fred White Allstate uh, Insurance, and it'll come up there. You can also do your quotes from there as well. You don't even have to talk to us. However, we would love to talk to you so we can actually explain some things to you. Insurance is a little tricky sometimes, and we'd like to be able to at least give you some options of, or an opportunity to uh, just talk to insurance with us. Um, give us a call again, 770 381 0367 or on our website, fredwhiteallstate.com. Fred, have a great day, man. And um, next time we talk, I want to talk about the fact that the random wrestling would break out on the 98 team. <laughs> People need to check out. People need to check out the latest Jeff Coleman on the Celebrate 98 series brought to you by Tennessee Cider Company. Have a great weekend, buddy. Have a good one. Go balls. Football Friday with Fred, Fred White, VFL, former Tennessee safety. And we've talked about this a little bit in terms of from the college perspective. I mean, what is okay behavior? What crosses the line? And I, we were going to do this earlier, but didn't have time. I want to weigh in on this uh, John Morant thing and a little bit about how maybe we're slightly too woke. Um, I'll discuss that. I don't do politics. I'm not going to do politics, but there's something about the John Morant thing that's uh, bugging me. I don't think Caleb and I necessarily see it the same way. So that should be interesting. Stay tuned. Hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe. We appreciate it. It's Caleb Calhoun. I am Dave Hooker. Two minutes. And then how would a college respond to what's happened with John Morant? And has he actually been the one mistreated? Two minutes. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own 
is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We are grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry, I'm a jeweler, and we want to be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. When you want a hard cider that's easy to enjoy, one that's crafted to perfection, you need Tennessee Cider Company. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. With a selection of ciders free to sample, all it takes is one taste. Visit TNCiderCompany.com for more information, as well as to shop our ciders and merchandise online. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. Portions of the program brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, CityHeatAndAir.com. Over 50 years in Knoxville, integrity matters. Might not need a new unit, might just need a service and or a part and or coolant. They'll take care of you. City Heating and Air Conditioning, integrity matters, CityHeatAndAir.com. All right, I want to get to this John Morant thing because I don't want to go down the, the road of wokeness completely and i don't want to get into all the issues that uh can somebody can ruin their career and it be over because they say something that they shouldn't have said some things are inflammatory some things are offensive and some people need to be checked when they say stupid things it's also very stupid i want to be clear that john morant flashing around a gun is not the best idea Probably is not a good sign of the path that he's heading at. If you didn't know, he's a guard for the Memphis Grizzlies, one of the most talented players in the NBA, and has the potential to be one of the best players, perhaps of all time, if you want to talk about a top 100 type of list. And here's my issue with the John Morant thing and the NBA, who's going to give him a lengthy suspension. And he had two times where he's flashing a gun on social media. And they told him once not to do it, and he did it. And I understand the employee-employer relationship. If you tell somebody to do it and you're their employer, just don't do it if you want to continue to work for them. However, here's my issue with this, Caleb, is I have a friend who uh, shoots coyotes because there's too many coyotes in the Knoxville area. And he's got the laser siding and everything. And does he make it a sport and does he make it fun? Yes. There's nothing illegal illegal about it. It needs to happen. I don't think John Morant needs to show a gun. However, we don't have any proof that he did anything illegal. And I bring this up because it's going to happen. Either gambling or guns or both are going to happen at the collegiate level. It is a matter of time because they now have money to do those things that they theoretically didn't have before. So the NBA wants to suspend him and make this lengthy suspension. 
but he hasn't done anything illegal. Caleb, he hasn't even so much as failed a drug test. To me, this is very problematic of an overreaction. And I know you know the specifics of John Morant, more specifically, you're a Grizzlies fan, and feel free to touch base on that. But I'm more along the lines of, listen, are you telling me he can't have guns or he can't show them? Now, Tennessee had an incident with Tyler Smith. That was a gun in which the registration was scratched off. That's a felony. That's wrong. Period. End of discussion. You should not be a collegiate athlete anymore. So I'm not soft on this. But I'm not also not just going to jump board and on board and say, because this guy has a bunch of people surrounding him and makes bad decisions, that he should be denied his ability. It's already cost him like $30 million or something. That he should be denied the ability to make his money. And I'm going to be in the minority of this, Caleb. I know I am. But if he hasn't broken a law, then what what are we doing here? What's the reaction? To me, it's an overreaction. Yeah, and here's why I totally disagree. And and that's fine. And I, yeah. I do respect that. One, this isn't canceling job. I think, any, if anything, a harsh suspension is helping job. Because you're right. He has the chance to be one of the best players of all time. For those who don't follow the Grizzlies like I do, there was a significant regression from year three last year to year four this year. And I kept wondering why he didn't improve. It sounds like he didn't improve because he was too busy partying and clout chasing and doing all those things in the all season. And that's annoying enough. And I wanted to focus more on basketball, but also going down this path all right, on, on a broad sense, Dave, I want to just first say jaws, not hood. He grew up in a very nice neighborhood in South Carolina, went to Murray state in Kentucky. He thinks he has this credibility now because he lives in Memphis. Spoiler alert, you probably know this, even though you're from Knoxville. Memphis is not the place to pretend to be hood. There okay, are- yeah. okay, but let me, let me, if I can, let me divert the path just a little bit. The NBA, yes, is looking out for their best interest in John Morant because they want him to be a star player. If Which he is ch- looking out for John's best interest then. Yeah, but that is not his, that's, that shouldn't be their job in terms of, preventing him from being a an athlete now it's going to cost him money and endorsements it's going to cost it's already costing money because he couldn't get the supermax contract but listen if he hasn't broken laws and having a gun is legal guys i mean it's part of the constitution the bill of amendments i mean it just the bill of rights it's an amendment to me it just it reeks of an overreaction. I know it's bad, but they it doesn't seem to me they're within their rights. And the only reason they are is because there's not an ABA. There's nowhere else for him to go. Well, there's where I was getting at, though, is this gun thing. This was a probation thing. Basically, other players probably could flash their guns. John Morant was on thin ice, not just because of the previous time he flashed the gun on IG Live. Dave, I am a, I am a firm believer the NBA covered for John Morant last time. When he did it last time, he was in Colorado at a strip club. Colorado has a law against flashing, holding guns when you're drunk in public. That's a very, very strict law. Now, they couldn't prove he was drunk because you can't really prove that. But, Dave, come on. Do you think he was drunk? I think he was drunk. Well, I mean, I don't know, but I I do know my friends like to go to bars and I like to socialize. And I, you know, I I don't happen to drink. Um, So I can't say that 100%. The bottom line is he wasn't even charged, much but less then, convicted. 
but then the NBA has their has their has a, has their own rule, which is no guns on team planes. The question becomes: Jock claims that gun wasn't his, but if there's no guns on team planes, how did that gun get from Memphis to Colorado when they played Denver? Okay, I I'm, I'm 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 playing naive, Dave. I realize he took it, all right, but he could have theoretically gotten it there, bought it because he locked that gun at a gun shop and had it shipped back. I mean, there is no proof that he broke a law. My personal belief is the NBA believes he did and was willing to cover for him with the eight-game suspension, but told him he's on thin ice. This last thing wouldn't be bad on Sonus. a straw that broke the camel's back. Because on top of those things, let's not forget, the guy who filmed Ja, that guy is banned from NBA games for a year because he flashed a laser pointer at the Pacers team bus when Ja got in the car with him after a Grizzlies-Indiana game, and the Pacers thought it was a gun. They thought it was a sniper rifle. And so think about these. This and then there's another point where John Morant used his status to threaten a security guard at a mall because the security guard was having a dispute with his mom over a discount on shoes. But Caleb, I mean, the guy's been getting an incident after I, incident. I, I don't, but I don't care. I don't care what happens to John Morant. Give me one law he broke. Now, D says employers often have rules that differ from the law. He's not going to jail. He does have a responsibility to his employer. Okay, so is there a rule you can't flash guns on social media? No, I think the rule is the employer probably said to Jaw, you specifically, Jaw, can't flash guns on social media because you specifically have gotten caught in way too many incidents already, and you are on thin ice. If LeBron James flashes a gun on social media, which he never would because LeBron's never had a legal issue and like, has never even hit, I don't even know if he has a gun. But, like, if he did it, I don't think he'd get suspended. If so many other – if Jokic does it, he's probably not getting suspended. If so many other players do it, they're not. But, Ja, this was the – this was a an incident in a string of incidents where it's like it, – he was all – it was basically from the NBA. He was on NBA probation, which is Ja is not allowed to flash a gun on Instagram Live because he's been so utterly reckless and stupid within the past year with so many different incidents that I think now – and he's been humiliating the NBA in the process – by doing it. And I think the NBA finally had to say, we're set, we're coming in now. I would, on principle, I would agree with you. He broke no law, but he's done so many other stupid things leading up to this. And I think the NBA, it's fair for an employer to say, you can't employ, by the way, for instance, employers, a lot of times, if someone posts a lot of reckless stuff on Facebook, they'll go to that person. Yeah. It's a, it's legal. You got freedom of speech, but the employer will be like, you're making us look bad when you post this crazy stuff. You're not allowed to post on Facebook anymore. They, they do that all the time. Okay, first, the NBA's full of it by what you just said. They probably propped him up to get him through this. And and now, with the latest incident, they're not going to prop him up anymore. They're also full of it that if this was a second-string player that never played, he would have been booted the first time. Okay, and they're, they're also overly sensitive, I believe, because of the debate on gun laws. And I don't want to go political. I'm not going to share you my thoughts on gun laws, but I do know from, I, 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 when I watch the news, I evaluate the media as much as I take in the news. And I know that it seems as if the, uh, there's a shooting that leads off the story on the news. And I, I hate public shootings. That's awful. I mean, I, I don't take this the wrong way, please. But at the end of the day, what affects more people it's probably the fact that we have a, a debt that we're about to default on. 
But if you watch the lead story, it's it's always about a shooting or two days after a shooting, a follow up. And it really bothers me that I feel like the the NBA and some people are are making this a, a hot button issue, but particularly the NBA. Now, what would happen in college? If you flash a gun in college, would you immediately be suspended, kicked off a team? What would be the reaction? Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I also think there's a, a, a bit, quite frankly, of, of a race issue in here. And I think that I can't remember his name all of a sudden, but the center who had three girls in his room, when they went into his room, they finally got into his room. He had rifles laying all over the place because he was a hunter. Well, we Chris view. Keeman, right? Was that? Was that Chris Keeman with the Rockets? No, no, no. The center for Tennessee. Football oh, center. okay. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. His, his name suddenly escapes me. But there were rifles laying all over the place because he was a hunter. Now, if if that's an African-American with 45s or Berettas laying all, all over the place because they like to collect guns like he did. I think that gets played out way different. I, I don't disagree with you, but I think at that point I would be the first person to defend that, to defend the, the white or the black guy with the guns. I can't bring myself to defend John Morant because again, this isn't in a vacuum. It is, it is a string of things. And I'm going to be honest, the NBA, you're right. Did it to themselves. They've been covering for John Morant. I think they know a lot of shady stuff. John Morant's done behind closed doors that they haven't let get out there because they want to protect their asset. And so this was finally for them, like, think about this. You and I both agree the NBA suspended Michael Jordan for gambling on basketball in 93, right? We both probably so. believe that. Yes. Okay. Say 1996 rolls around, and Michael Jordan is seen shooting craps in Vegas. Well, at that point, the NBA might come down harder on him than they would somebody else shooting craps because they already almost got humiliated by Michael Jordan gambling on the sport. And so that's where I think they're at with Ja is that they're giving him a, they gave him a lot of leeway because he's a, a rising superstar. You're right. It is a backup second stringer. They'll cut him in a heartbeat. They gave Ja. the record, it was Josh McNeil. Oh, he was the, oh, I was thinking basketball. You, you, no, you said center. Josh McNeil. <laughs> D says my son has a position in the government. He would be fired. Uh, he makes any negative comments about the president, Trump, Biden, Clinton, or Bush when in the military, he could be, he could have been sent to prison. Okay, well, I get, I kind of get that. I mean, you're working for the government. I get that. But if I went out, and I again, I'm touching on the race issue here. If I, if a professional athlete, and I guarantee you there's been one, shot a picture of himself with a rifle because he was on a hunting trip and he was like a Caucasian guy, it wouldn't be viewed as the same way as the way that John Moran has flashed a gun. And they're, they're, might not be completely racially biased, but I think it's somewhat racially biased. I could agree with you with the public perception. I don't think it would be different, though, in like how an uh, institution would handle it in terms of the NBA punishment. I mean, look, you're right. We're, we're, you know, in Tennessee, wasn't there a Tennessee politician that sent out a Christmas card of him and his family all holding AR-15s last year? Like, uh, I seem to remember that. Did he get in any trouble for it or did it just blow over? It just blew over, yeah. Was he not allowed to be in Congress for the next 50 days? Like, John Morant's going to get at least a 50-game suspension. Yeah, probably. 
I mean, um, it just, it just, I, I, I just don't like it in a lot of different ways. It's not our job to police him. If he wants to ruin his career, go for it. If he wants to ruin making millions of dollars because of a status symbol of a gun, and listen, it's a, whether you're using a gun for protection, it's like a car. Use a car to get to point A to point B. You might just use a really inexpensive Yugo, or you might happen to like an Audi. Okay, so there is something of a status symbol to that. So you might just have a gun, a little Walther PP King as protection that you keep on your person, or you might have just a traditional rifle that you use in hunting, but there are some people that like to show off their guns because they're the nicer guns. That to me, that to me, it's a status symbol and it's going to happen at the college level. It's a matter of time. It's not just looking out for jaw though. It's looking out for itself. So the NBA needs jaw more than you know, because the jaw Morant in an era of Steph Curry, where I'm sorry, the way the game has changed bas- people used to say the three pointer was the entertainment part of the game. It's not entertaining anymore. Too many people shoot threes and it's become boring. Nobody runs an offense. So in there where you get a John Morant, who it's kind of a throwback to an athletic guard, AI, a Michael Jordan, not Michael Jordan, but I'm saying a guy who's ridiculously athletic, who scores from the mid range. And that's entertaining. On top of that, he plays for one of the small market franchises and the NBA has a problem with their small market franchises, just drawing no interest. So there's so many things job brings to the table that I think the NBA honestly needs jaw as much as John needs jaw at this point. Yep. It's going to happen guys. It's going to happen that or gambling, by the way, uh, Travis says, Caleb, do you know what a Hugo is? Probably not. Cause he's young. Do you know what a Hugo is? I do not. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was like a terrible car made out of, uh, I think, uh, Yugoslavia. Um, I think so. All right. So, uh, that's my thought on John Morant. Where did you say you want to go next? I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uh, oh yeah. We've got a, uh, lawsuit with, uh, Southern Cal, the PAC 12, the NCAA should athletes be considered employees. In other words, are they going to unionize? Um, I don't think they'll ever have that power. What are we hearing out of the national, uh, labor's relations board? Is it relations? Uh, relation, national labor relations. Maybe it is relations. I don't know. Um, back to the relations, how we started the show. All right. So what do we got going on here with being unionized? (laughs) So basically the, um, national, oh, it is relations. National labor relations board filed an unfair labor practice complaint against USC, the PAC 12 and the NCAA asking that athletes at the school be classified as employees. A November hearing has been set. The complaint comes after a February 2022 complaint from the National College Players Association, which has filed an unfair labor practice charge. Basically, this would go. This would take years to go through the courts. It would take years. So, but it is another step into athletes trying to be recognized as employees. At which point, they would try to unionize. I'm with you. I don't think this would happen because what people don't realize is that colleges are by their very nature meant to be socialist, not capitalist, which is to say the football program brings in the revenue so the college can then use that revenue for the college. Theoretically, the football program is for the college. For the record, if they unionized, if college football players unionized, that would be the end of the sport. And I didn't say that about NIL. I didn't say that about the transfer policy. I think the kids deserve that. But this is a different level. If you were to unionize, it would be the end of college football as we know it. That would be the absolute end. And 
I don't understand why they want to unionize. It seems to me that everybody's getting a pretty good end of the deal if you've got your NIL collective straight. And how do you compare a Tennessee that does have their NIL collective straight to a Florida that doesn't have their NIL collective straight? Everybody that basically walks in the door at Tennessee gets some sort of NIL offer. And I'm talking enough to do pretty much what you want to as a college kid. I'm not saying you're getting rich. You're not making Nico money. But everybody that walks through the door, and as long as you keep up your obligations, if they say, hey, you got to be at this event or that event or that event, you're making a, a, a decent stipend at the very least. And I don't understand why they would unionize because right now they have all the leverage. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. So think about what happens if they unionize. And I don't know. I don't think they thought this through. If college football players unionize, well, then it's not just going to be college football players that unionize. That money's going to have to be dispersed evenly to all athletes. So they're going to have to share athletes with the softball players not generating any, any revenue. Yep. And when that happens, the schools then are going to be hurting for cash. So the NIL collectives will shrink because they're going to go to the boosters and say, hey, stop spending money on these players. We need you to spend money to help us upgrade our facilities or you know, cover our budget losses because we're paying these players. At which point, NIL collectives will start to fall. So this all unionizing will do long-term is reduce what college athletes are able to get from NIL money now and make them have to share it with the rest of the sports that don't generate any revenue. It would be even more anti-capitalist for them. It's I'm with you. It's not a smart move for them to want to unionize. So you said this would take years. What real argument do we have? Because we talked about the WWE and NASCAR has talked about this, but it really never got off the ground. Is there any concern this even gets off the ground? It's possible. I mean, it, it, because it's going through the courts. I mean, there, I don't think this part holds up because this is the NCAA is a nonprofit organization and colleges themselves are nonprofit organizations and they could theoretically say, look, we got researchers who do a lot of work and generate revenue for the university. And we use that money to fund the university. That's what college football players are doing by going to win games for us. It's the same concept. When you're, when you commit to a college and you're a student of the college and you are doing stuff within the capacity of the college, that revenue you generate is generally for the college, whatever it is at the time. So that's the whole point of these college athletics programs existing in the first place in a lot of ways. They're doing this to get something back in return. So I don't think it would hold up in court. The problem with, again, the problem with WWE or any of these others is they're, this is a league. They're not trying to fund all these other things with this money. They're just trying to fund the league and make the league profitable. And because they're the only league, it's ridiculous that WWE athletes aren't unionized. They should be. And it's insane that they're not, or not even considered employees. But yeah, NCAA colleges, it's a totally different story. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see this one getting off the ground, but we shall see uh, the Celebrate 98 series continues. Hit the like button. Subscribe if you haven't already. Turn your notifications on so you can see that on YouTube. And we've already had uh, Jeff Coleman. We've uh, who all have we had Eric Westmoreland. And we also who else have we had to this point? I'm, I'm my head's on Billy Ratliff. Billy Ratliff was awesome. We'll have Sean Ellis on soon. The Travises, Travis Henry and Travis Stevens. It's all right there on the YouTube channel. So go there. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Have a fantastic weekend, everyone.